0: to leave. No? Why? Well, if you're going to make her a ghost, go ahead and do it, but please don't let her sit around waiting for you. I'm very fond of her. Oh, you're very fond of her, are you? <clears throat> well, in that case... it on me i don't want your cloud on my oh, head. Shut up. you can shut right up don't pick a fight with me you certainly won't come out alive i'll go right through you and it'll be you who ends up on the floor understood
1: hello and welcome to the vertical viewing podcast from vancouver british columbia this is episode number 168 whoa And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. My name is Dan. Nice. Welcome back, Dan. jumped in there. Dan Nichols is returning. I believe the last time you joined us was... Three billboards. Three billboards. Yeah, I was trying to think about that. Signs of vengeance. (laughs) Signs of vengeance. There it is. Back in November. Thank you for returning to the show, Dan. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad glad it worked out finally. Oh, yes. Uh, You're joining us from the set of some amazing TV show that you produce and direct and... Yeah, I'm, you, you, I'm phoning in. This is just like like, yeah. it's that new pixel, man. Yeah. That quality is, ooh. On today's episode, <laughs> it's a big one. In fact, Kinda. it is 10 years in the making. It actually is. Infinity War has arrived. Thanos has put on his glove covered his, in rhinestones. He's on booklet.
2: moonwalk his way. I'm surprised how much moonwalking there was in this. <laughs>
1: it actually was some, yeah. <laughs> so yes, we're here to talk about some films and TV shows we've been watching, but mainly... We're here to review Avengers Infinity War. It doesn't get any bigger than this one. Yeah, there's a couple people in this. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. It's from the Rousseau brothers who have brought us Civil War and Winter Soldier and a bunch of episodes of...
2: Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. Community. So they know how to handle a large cast of characters. Mm -hmm. We've been working our way here for a while. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Radio... Stitcher's a piece of garbage. Don't go there. The podcast software of your choice. There's many options to choose from. Whatever you like. You can visit our websites, verticalviewing.com. Click the donate button. You can help us offset the cost of seeing movies, putting on the show, renting out a slice of the internet, baking it into a pie, (laughs) stuffing it in your ears. Slipping it in. (laughs) Weird. Weird. <laughs> That's you, the appropriate response. You can go to patreon.com/slash vertical viewing. That's where you can become a long-term supporter of the show. You can get in bed with us. Ooh. You can actually get into a long-term relationship with us. You it's can come the with only us. only way to get into bed. Yeah. We're going to go on vacations together and it's going to be beautiful. We'll hold hands okay. on the beach. Yeah. We will make beautiful podcasts together on Twitter at vertical viewing. Email us, verticalviewing at gmail.com. Just like Brendan did. Now he sent us this email quite a while ago. It is a long one, so I'm not sure if we can read the entire thing. Do it. Give give Brendan a voice. Well, it's it's a really detailed and amazing email. The subject line is Vertex. I, I I don't understand what that means. I <laughs> okay. guess it's it's really cool. He says, "Hey, Steffela podcasters, <clears throat> I was walking by my local Jumbo Video last Tuesday." Which, first of all, what in the fuck? Is it? There still... Was it like an old building that had Jumbo on it? He's emailing from the past. I don't understand how there's a Jumbo video still in existence in Ontario, but okay. Uh, But he says, uh, when I came upon a number of people dressed up as Darth Vader, Boba Fett, other Star Wars characters, who were there to either promote or celebrate the release of The Last Jedi on video. This was all pretty exciting until I saw the movie. I haven't felt as uncomfortable watching a movie as I was watching The Last Jedi in a long time. So I need... Brenda, we need to know more about... Yeah, I want to know why you were uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, yeah. But such was my disappointment with The Last Jedi that I needed not one but two comfort food movies to cleanse my palate of its It's, filth. Some eye bleach? Is this what he's looking for? Yeah, the first was Days to Confuse, which I'm sure you are all intimately familiar with. Uh, The simplicity of Days to Confuse was most refreshing but there was a fine residue of space walrus milk and Furby fur left on my eyeballs from The Last Jedi. Nice. So I went ahead and watched Wayne's World. <laughs> now, this was not a movie I grew up watching. I was 10 when it came out, and hilariously remember thinking that it was a movie for grown-ups, that it contained, quote-unquote, bad things that a child just shouldn't see. Well, you're like not Myers. Wow. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> well, it turns out, in reality, Wayne's World is extremely tame. Contains no nudity and almost no violence, swearing, or even alcohol and drug uh, consumption. Indeed, it was actually rated PG or 12 in most countries, which, by the way, is probably the ideal age to watch Wayne's World. (laughs) Question. Has your perception of who the intended audience is for a movie ever changed dramatically over time? Brendan. P.S. I get the impression saying keep it vertical causes Scott some sort of psychological discomfort. Perhaps akin to watching *The Last Jedi*. If this is the case, he needed force it. Is that should that what? say needn't? Needn't. Yeah, needn't. It's okay. Need not. But the question being is your perception of who the intended audience for a movie has that ever changed for you? That's an interesting question. It's. I That's saw like, Wayne's World when I was six. Like that came out in. I saw it when it came out in '92, wow. maybe I was
3: maybe seven at the Yeah,
1: time. it was a humongous oh. film. It was massive. I'm pretty sure I went to the theater to watch it.
3: I'm thinking about. Um, Evil Dead, not Evil Dead. Uh, Evil Dead Two: Army of Darkness. That's number three. Is it? Okay. Did, does that? Yeah.
1: Does the audience for a movie change over time? Does is well, that what a cult? I is that saw, what a cult movie is?
3: After I saw Army of Darkness, like I saw, somebody told me about it and described it as a horror film, and so I thought it was scary, and I for was like t- thought it was this horror movie, and then you watch it and it's ridiculous. But you watch hilarious. it
1: now. Is it different now? Has it dramatically changed over time? Only only just watching it changed he, it for me. So he's really just, th- just thinking, like, okay, I, when I was a kid, I thought this
4: for was for adults, and now I realize it's kind of kid-friendly or vice versa.
1: But I'm not sure if a film's, film's audience changes. For me, it was Gremlins. Okay.
2: Because it's geared as a, like, kids show. Well, not kids show, but, like, what is it, rated PG? Or it was rated PG. Yeah. And so... I watched it thinking this is a horror movie, why the hell am I watching it? And then as I grew up, I realized well no, it's just sort of a comedy that is probably not meant for young children, but is not necessarily meant for adults either. It's like the the young preteen teen era. Like that's that's where I think Gremlins is
4: aimed. And like for for me actually, I guess the same year, uh Ghostbusters, that's still like that's still for the children. But watching it, I remember like Watching it again for the first, because I watched it, you know, hundreds of times when I was a kid. I loved, I loved everything about them. But then that first time seeing it when I was of age and realizing, like, oh, there are jokes in here that uh, I probably shouldn't have been hearing yeah. when I was a, when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, it's getting like there's a ghost going down, going down, on, on you don't on know act, what's happening. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, a kid. yeah. I think there might go the other way though. I think there are movies that were made in the 80s and 90s or in the 70s maybe that were rated G or PG that would be completely. Yeah. Like you could not release them now and they'd be way too. Oh, 100%. Or scenes in them anyway. Like I think Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, if you made that movie now. That's the one that got the PG 13 started, right? It it created the entire rating. But I wonder if the audience, intended audience for that has changed over time. When that movie came out, it was probably meant for like, hey, are you seven years old? Do you want to see this guy? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's an interesting question. Red. We haven't been here in ages though. Have you That's watched true. anything cool? We don't have a lot of time. Well, I watched a
3: couple things, one not so serious, one a little more serious. Okay. Which one do you want first?
1: Well, I know you watched Phantom Thread and I'm dying to know what you thought yeah. of. All right. So, Phantom Thread. Uh,
3: Phantom Thread was um I knew it was going to be a great film. I'd been told by many everybody, everybody <laughs> that has seen it says it's a, a fantastic movie. Um I had some some issues like with the story. I don't know why it had to be about a dressmaker. Um, I don't know what that lent to the film in particular. He but, is uh,
1: uh, um, materialistic, and women are ob- he was the, the ultimate. You know, the, the modeling industry is the ultimate objectification of women, right? Well, he he was an artist.
3: Like they depicted this whiny and this like incredibly
1: whiny artist (laughs) it's funny right it's isn't it i mean for for a film of of its kind of a dry period piece romance there's a surprising amount of humor the movie, i i don't humor wasn't what i found ended up liking
3: about the movie was the the play about the the woman i don't want to spoil anything about this movie are
1: you talking about the omelet and uh, the ingredients of din- yeah. din- dinner okay i don't want yes, to of course because Th- that's the beauty of the movie when you find out really what we're what we're building to and what there's no point the movie doesn't decide to make a point on anything until ex- this. And, and and i don't want to spoil anything but that's when
3: the movie really grabs you and that could happen he could just be an artist and i was thinking the whole time i would have liked this movie if he was just some like painter because I, I he, he could have yeah. been, <clears throat> okay. he would have, I, I hear his you.
1: emotions and all that would have been. I think it's, I found it frustrating too. I think I might be closer to you. I don't, I don't think it's a masterpiece like everyone else does.
4: I think you. Oh, yeah. Oh, doggy. That's one, that's one I had to throw down. I, I, I actually just got this on Blu-ray, so I got to watch it again. Um, I, I think I see where you're going with like the whole dressmaker or, or artist thing. I really think it is because, um, of his relationship with women. It, at the end of the day, it's about a guy who didn't grieve his mother. And that screwed him up romantically for life. And he's following this, This again, it's his mother who taught him to make dresses. So it was another way of, you know, uh, not facing the, real, the reality of his feelings and just burying himself into that work that he had started with his mother and keeping it going. And also he spends all his time trying to make women, you know, look pretty in these dresses and make them art on women. And then he just kind of treats them like trash too so there's i think that's the the two
1: sides of the uh, reynolds woodcock coin he's putting messages coin. he's putting messages in the dresses man come on well, he's oh, yeah. making
3: a world that is exactly the way that he wants it and it's it's always very precise in everything and i think the breakfast scene was really sort of yeah demonst- like it he gets really upset about how much noise she's making eating breakfast and i was like <laughs> you know, if somebody was giving me a hard time about, like, and when he left, I was like, thank God, like, you just eat your breakfast and be like, he needs to chill the fuck out and like, uh... But that's
1: the most important part of his day, right? That is his... Yeah, you can't fuck with his morning. Well, I mean, don't... Not to defend this dickhead, but... Yeah, I think put, it's like... You if, have to understand it's part of his it, process it, It's and the everything. only time of day that where you can't make any noise, I guess. Because he's actually drawing, right?
3: Like... He's sketching at that time, yeah, and you, and it makes sense, you know. This is his. If you're an artist, inspirational. If this
1: is the time when you're working, don't fuck around. <laughs> but they didn't have noise canceling headphones in 1952. Yeah. Shouldn't he just get like you know breakfast
3: in bed if that's the case then too? Just that's, Welsh
1: rarebit. Yeah, don't, just be yeah, like yeah.
3: sit in your room and do it. Don't bother us with your problems. Don't let her like walk into the space and you know it's it's anyways.
1: No, there's there
3: these I'm nitpicking, but the movie was really good. Um, it's definitely more entertaining than I thought it was going to be,
1: right, and especially when you what you 're talking about what you 're talking around the twist of the movies yeah, is yeah. In, an interesting comment I think on keeping masculinity in in check almost and and if if a ma- if a man 's ego especially of of a powerful artist if I'm, if their ego is starting to inflate to dangerous levels, <laughs> what do you do about it to keep or your relationship, uh, you how, know, on how, the It's
3: ro- how easy you can take advantage of someone who's so incredibly narcissistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot going on once you get into it. Like if
0: they're
3: only does worried about themselves and you find out, that, you know, the only time that they'll show you affection that's results ki- from that's a his kink.
4: Thing. They found like a kink that matches. Yeah, it's like, actually a super kinky movie, like, isn't it? Really yeah. f- <laughs> fucked up, like nineteen fifties BDSM shit.
3: <laughs> so Victorian, right? Completely, this and they're repressed. just like,
4: "Oh, you're as fucked up as I am." I, I dig it.
3: Yeah, and then uh, what else do you have here? The counterpoint to my Phantom Thread was Keanu. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which uh, was really fun. So what is this? Keanu Reeves' new surfing film. No, Keanu is a silly Sounds film from film. Uh, Key and Peele uh, about uh, a kitten that one of, the, one of the guys gets a hold of at the beginning, somehow, accidentally, and then very quickly the cat gets kidnapped and, and so Key and Peele chase it down. Because it's the cutest cat you've ever seen.
2: There's there's a lot of great, and they descend into a world full of drug dealers. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's yeah a, very likely they fall there, into the.
1: There's a lot of great explosions underbelly of where that are detonating, and the cat is just sort of navigating through all of these bullet like holes, slow and, motion, yeah, thank like
3: you. drug lab, gunfight, just a <laughs> meow. We worked on that actually at the studio that did, I work in did
1: Day.
4: We did the VFX for that. And nice. that, was, that was some some fine details going into that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> did you watch the Matrix shoot out in the lobby and be like, this is what we have to have a cat running through? That was like definitely some inspiration. Are you kidding <laughs> nice. me? Nice. And like, you know, Ke-
4: Ke- Ke- on that note, Keanu himself actually has a, a, a cameo in it. Which was a last, yeah. last minute ad that was like, a holy shit. He actually decided to call in and say some oh, lines. Yeah, and it's they, amazing. To, they added that in at the last second. But did you find with that though, that like the tone at times it gets like painfully brutal and violent? Like with the two, the two brothers, the two, uh, thugs or whatever, I was like, shit, these guys are actually kind of s- like scary and, and
3: terrible. Yeah. At that, at when you see, uh, these two sort of long haired, uh, assassin yeah. brothers definitely it, it to me at that the movie felt like um not uh what's the
1: chappy no the two <laughs> <laughs>
3: the two brothers um the irish guys uh Boondock, Boondock saints. saints yeah that's it the, it was it was dark in that sense but uh no mostly it was just really funny and fun and uh that's all okay. that i watched nice it's not like a great Anna Faris. We have to throw like a shout <laughs> to her. A- Anna oh, Faris says yeah. Anna Faris yeah, yeah. yes that scene is amazing it's it's really bizarre <laughs> it's very funny Keen Peel are hilarious writers when they work together um, yeah
1: not that feels like a movie that you would think Jordan Peel would have maybe like warmed up on for Get Out but he di- I don't think he he didn't direct he it I did obviously. not direct it no. yeah
2: you Mike what do you know, have that might be why Chris Pratt and Anna Faris are no longer together why she was in- she's just like that That's she wasn't acting that's just you're in keanu I go. <laughs> yeah um i didn't watch much that's i watched okay. season two of the series of unfortunate events and i, ke- I keep lemony snick lemony snick it's a series of unfortunate events starring nph uh and patrick warburton so does anyone know what this show is about hmm. okay he's a charlatan he's uh well man- Count Olaf nph hmm. Is trying to get these this fortune from these children, who and he murdered their parents by burning their house down. Uh, pretty dark, but I'm like the whole time for season two. I thought everyone's performances were much better in season two. Uh, season one was okay. Um, I couldn't decide who this show was for because mm. it, like, I watched it, but I, I I don't think it was aimed at me by any means. Like, it's meant for children. Or at least younger people than I am, uh, but it's dark.
3: Like season two is super dark. When you say, because I remember as a kid, my brother actually read the books and and thought they were really funny, and I never read them. And I remember reading the back and thinking like the same thing.
2: Yeah. So the tone was a little off, I thought on season one because it's about these kids who go bounce between guardian and guardian, and Count Olaf keeps showing up in disguise and kills these guardians, which... Yeah, if you've seen the Jim Carrey yeah, film. The, the, yeah, exactly. All right. um, yeah. So this, he's just much more successful, and things get worse and worse, and there's, like, there's no hope in this one at all. And I can't imagine children would be really into this. Uh, so I don't... I, I just don't understand who this is aimed at. Because there's, like, no hope whatsoever in se- in se- season two. It's like a dark fairy
4: tale Wes Anderson, and I, d- I just don't know many, like, eight or ten-year-olds to yeah. be into that. I, n- yeah. I don't know. But I don't know many eight or ten-year-olds.
2: But, like, Neil Patrick Harris' performance is way better than this. I honestly think it's probably one of his best performances in his entire career. Did you, you watch... Olaf um, in season two.
3: What's his online show? Um, Dr. Horrible? Dr. Horrible's that's
2: sing-along it. blog? Yeah, that's pretty good, too. <laughs> wow. Um But but it's aware like there's a lot of good jokes in this one that i i chuckled at it i just i couldn't help but get over the fact that like it just it was super depressing and the theme song the theme song for this show is like look away change the channel don't watch it if you're not into like terrifying things happening to these children like it's it's tongue-in-cheek but it mm-hmm. i think it it had trouble walking that line and keeping the tone where it should be this time it, that's just my my opinion. It went too dark. I watched the whole thing just because I was
1: curious. There was, there was a lot of hype for this when it was getting made. I yeah. Think See, it's oh yeah. Season really one there. was
2: far more whimsical, which I think helped it. Season two okay. lost some of that whimsy. So that's lemony uh, lemony Snick- snickers. snickers. Yeah.
4: Um, season two, like there's a the third one coming as well, right? I think so. probably, probably. I think they so. do them
1: here. They I, do. Yeah.
2: Honestly, I think one of my favorite moments in the whole uh, second season was. Uh, someone said that Count Olaf should get in and get famous by being in a TV show. He's like, "Well, I did that for nine years, and look where it got me." A nice sl- meta comment about how I met your mother. That's uh, the best. Uh, that you uh, <laughs> can <do>. ah, <laughs> All right, that's the best uh, it gets. Huh. And then I just so then I started watching, rewatching, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine on okay. Netflix. Okay. I've heard this is funny. It is funny. Season one, it's finding its footing. Uh, so it's it's definitely it's a pretty good show in season one. So this is Annie Sandberg and crew, Terry Crews, actually.
1: It? Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Terry's crew. Uh,
2: in Brooklyn's 99th police precinct. So it's a comedy police show. And season two, three, and four, which are on Netflix right now, are comedy gold, I find. Like the timing, the jokes, it's all fantastic. Season one, little hit or miss. So okay. if you are going to watch it, okay. just know that it gets better.
1: Because I cringed out big time season one.
2: We'll just skip to season two, man. You don't really need to know anything.
1: <laughs> I saw a
3: clip of Andy Samberg getting a lineup of guys to sing Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty funny. Nice.
2: There's a lot of good jokes in this. Uh, nice. The characters are all very well realized. Like Andy Samberg... I agree with that. Is Yeah, he's sort of... He's a really good cop, but he's a man-child. Like, he's not very mature at all. Um, and the... That is captain. the
1: captain. That is the key to a great show. If, if the characters are very distinct from each other, that's why The Office was so great, and Community, and Parks and Rec. Yeah. So yeah, the the captain Andre uh, Brower. 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 Yeah. yeah. He's he's excellent. Yeah.
2: So all of the characters are awesome in this. Yeah. And but that what really ab- helps out.
1: What about Joe Latrulio? Like,
4: does he just get annoying after a while? No, it's always pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I like oh, him yeah.
2: mainly like because him. he like. Andy Samberg is often playing the straight man to his jokes, which is right. a little
1: weird. Uh, he's the but guy. It, it uh, happens so well. He, he's the guy in Superbad where he's driving them. And he's yeah, like, yeah. so you guys on Facebook or <laughs> yeah. this guy's on MySpace or... He
4: goes to the party and just like picks up the phone. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, if you're looking for... Uh, it's a 30-minute show. So, it's like 23 minutes on Netflix or whatever. If you're looking for a short little comedy, okay. uh, check yeah. it out, man. It's... It's worth it. That's it. That's all I got.
1: Dan. All right. What do we have? Well, you know,
4: sadly we were all aware we lost a great one, Milos Forman passed yeah. away the other week. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. an o, an OG of, of great cinema right there. So you watched the, Milos The People Versus Larry Flint? I, I I was going to watch part of that. That's like probably one of his or one of his bigger films that I've I've only seen like maybe once I yeah. think. Yeah. But I watched yesterday uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest oh, nice. as well. Oh, my God. That is a film that uh, is just timeless. It's yeah. so great. I
1: think you could show that to the most jaded millennial 12-year-old who thinks that anything made before right. you know, 2001 is just total shit or something. Yeah. You could show that to any generation and it's, that it's, thing's a classic, right? It's
4: impossible, I think, to not to appreciate it in some way. And, you know, you can kind of, like, watch it as, like, it's kind of like, you know, this, it's not lighthearted, but it's fairly lighthearted. And then yeah, it's when got she, moments. When she gets the fishing gets, trip. And- yeah, exactly. That's kind of, you know, it's like, oh, this is just a, a, a cut scene from Stripes or something, where instead of the Misfit the misfit Army guys and Bill Murray, it's just, you know, uh, the mental patients and, and mental ward patients and uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, but it's just so heartbreaking, too, at the yeah. end. And oh, you
1: know, and it feels really modern in mm. the in, like. It feels like this is the template for almost every film that even has anything to do with an insane asylum, for right? For Sure, or, for sure. And I whatever think, you want to call it.
4: I forget how good, or I I had forgotten how good just uh, Brad Dourif is in it. Dourif, oh yeah, Chucky? Chucky. Let's just call him Chucky. Yeah. yeah, Academy Award nominated for that role. That's crazy. That's actor. crazy. Yeah, it was his first or one of his first roles. Um, I just really love it. I love Milos Foreman. Uh, next up on my docket is, is Amadeus. I've got like a, the director's cut on DVD. Uh, nice.
1: That thing's like three and a half hours or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the, his attitude was
4: like, well, if we can, why not just put it in? Like, you know, we pushed it out to get people to buy tickets and now who cares? Like you cannot, you have all the time in the world in the scene. Is that,
1: that movie's amazing. Amadeus is good. Yeah.
4: I haven't seen it in years. So I'm looking forward to seeing it again, but, uh, I do love it. I love that and Man on the Moon. Um, but then yesterday, I went for my second viewing of You Were Never Really Here. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I just loved, love, love this film. Yeah, it's great. I was, was going to talk about this. Rick talked about this last time. This movie's this movie's really good. And it it holds up, or at least it held up for me on a second viewing. Do you don't find that it's uh, a little empty in terms of plot, like purposefully stripped? I, I feel like it's almost like it's a, a chicken... chicken? carcass that's just have been completely picked clean by the, like the editor went nuts and mm. the fact that the, the the main chunk of the plot happens sort of off screen and side sideways to the entire plot of the movie yeah
4: and you know I, I kind of dig it I, I dig you know this expressionistic you know style that he had going for it I dig that there's like no exposition whatsoever like at all and like fla- even the flashbacks by the end of it you don't really have a uh, any better of an understanding of what they were except for you know emotionally you you can kind of see how they would build but in terms of the who what why where when all the the details you're still is in the dark it just doesn't care this is just that you're here with this guy and and go
1: for it and joaquin phoenix is his performance is so commanding that you it, it's enough to sustain the whole movie even yeah. if there really isn't much of a real plot
4: and like I Thinking of, I'm also a really big fan of, uh, The Master. And like, like that film, this is such a physical performance like how he's using his body and how he's carrying his body and what he's done to it you know he's he's gained a lot of weight he's gained a lot of weight but he's you know sturdy he's strong versus you know the master when he's just contorted
1: like well he's just broken weird looking in his back is he almost looks like he has scoliosis I think that's what he was trying to exactly and then you see him here kind of this hulking
4: stalking figure again like you know not exactly a beefcake but you know he's not a slob either he's hammering the shit out of dudes, and he's just be like the most unsuspecting guy that you would think would just be able to take down like four dudes at once with a hammer yeah but, uh it's heartbreaking it deals with some like the theme of just being suicidal and taking your own life like that that and his the ptsd that he struggles with uh it just really like the plot is there and like you said it's all stripped down because it's really just like he's we're with him as he's trying to get through like his day you know it's not like a day in the life but it's like his mind is so overwhelmed with all these horrible things yeah, yeah. that he's haunted by. And then, okay, we'll take a break to do this job that he's got to do. And then back to the pain and then back to the job. And...
1: It's a taxi driver kind of template, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. But uh, Lynn Ramsey is, she, whew, man, she just really nails it with this one. And that score by Johnny Greenwood yeah. is fantastic. And he did, Speaking
1: of Phantom Thread. Yeah, yeah, he did the Phantom Thread score and it's so different. You wouldn't even think that they're the same. It's amazing. It, yeah, it's amazing to think he made those two scores so close together, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. No, I, I. It's still playing in theaters too. So if you haven't seen it, I think everybody should check that out. So um, Phoenix. And that. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. So good. I watched a few things. Ooh. Before we get to our review, I w- I've been watching The Terror. Oh yes, yes. On AMC or Amazon, wherever this is airing. This is Ridley Scott's TV series about the Franklin Expedition. Oh really? In the Arctic? That's what it's about?
4: Are you yeah. Kidding me? I yeah, didn't, I didn't know that. That's well, with the twist.
1: Amazing. So here's the twist. So oh, it's ooh. it's about the Terror and the Erebus, these two ships that were exploring the Northwest Passage, and they get frozen in the ice, mm-hmm. uh, and they just actually discovered these ships maybe in 2015 or something like that. So these these ships were missing for 150 years or whatever. It's in the it was in the 1700s. Uh, and so the the twist on this is that they instead of, you know, going missing or who knows these guys starved to death or disappeared uh there's actually some sort of creature. There's a terror in the Arctic. Yeah, because of course. And it's a creature or is it like a ghost creature? Is well, it like a ghost there's pirate? a spirit bear kind of demon. A it,
4: spirit bear demon. It's, nice. it's 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 amazing. This okay. show's
1: really well filmed. It looks like they're actually on location, but it's all in this uh, soundstage in Budapest from what I've read it weird. looks real and it almost looks like they've got it through this weird filter to make it look like it's this old telescope kind of looking vibe.
2: AMC is apparently what it's on.
1: Yeah, AMC and Amazon. Who, who stars on that? It's Kieran Hines. Okay. Jared Harris the cast is not, not huge. But uh, those guys are both solid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This show This show's really good. Trust me Red, you with me? I'm here. Are you? I'm, I'm actually going to seek this out. It sounds like like I I dig that. It's for for real. This show's dope. Um, okay. I also watched Super Troopers too. Oh. oh, what'd you think of that? No. Okay. <laughs>
3: That's no. your one word review. Okay, well,
1: it's it's there's a lot of dumb Canadian jokes in it because it's about this border crossing thing and the the Canadian border is actually being stretched and this part of the United States is not actually now part of Canada or whatever. I don't fucking know. And there's like this dumb smuggling plot. It's it's a lot like a trailer park boys episode. But without the brains, maybe? No, it's 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 can, really bad. Can I ask
4: because I've I've avoided it purposefully. It's because I saw a trailer with uh I guess one of its many cameos with Jim Gaffigan, and they pull him over like they did Yeah. In the first one, it's it, it the gag in the first one is they just toss in the word meow like however many times, right? Uh and then in the trailer for the second one, there's a scene of Jim Gaffigan in the car, and he's like, "Hey, didn't you guys pull me over last time? Remember, you always said meow or whatever." Yeah, and they don't remember. And, and that, but that was enough for me to be like, "No, no, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm ejecting. This no, is it, the worst kind of sequel that it's I, really I rough. despise."
1: There, there's a decent scene in it, and most comedies these days rely on a drug sequence for some reason to oh, be funny. Course. But uh, there, there, there is a good one in this where they come upon a giant stash of drugs and they don't know what any of them are so they're like all right well everyone just try it and just tell us what it is <laughs> and so each of them are on their own separate crazy drug it, it, it's actually kind of funny but um yeah the, the movie is a waste of time and it is a lot of callbacks to the first movie that are really painful and yeah super well, troopers too i'm sorry guys. broken
3: lizard hasn't made they're a good movie since super troopers
1: i would argue they never have made a genuinely <laughs> I'm good movie. with you on that yeah
3: I mean, I like the first one. It's a, it's a good goofy comedy. The
1: first 20 minutes is good. Tell me any time that you've watched Super Troopers, to, the first one all the way to the end. It, it usually is on know. a night when people are drinking or whatever. The
3: quality of the film is actually, like, poor. But I
1: like the movie. You can tell the production value is actually, like, low. Well, that's what I mean. After the first 20 or 25 minutes, yeah. you start to realize, oh, this is actually a really bad National Lampoon film. Yeah. This is not what... I'm the not first sure 20 I ever minutes, made it through. Yeah, it, it's hard to get through. We, after the first where they're chugging syrup and the guy is in the back of the car eating all the drugs, like, oh, that's yeah. really that's funny. right
3: at the beginning. Though, that's right?
1: what I mean. That, that is really funny shit. And then... They're, you quickly realize that these guys have nothing left in the tank or something. If they're good gags, that would be like in, in a good... And I, I maintain with Beer Fest, which is not good. There are some
4: like genius gags in that film that just cracked me up to think about. Yeah,
1: Beer
3: Fest is actually pretty watchable. But they're working hard to get joke to joke. But yeah, exactly. They're working pretty hard. And the ones that
4: actually hit, if you were to compile them, is that going to make enough for like a 30-minute so. sketch comedy special,
1: let alone you know <laughs> all these feature films? Yeah, the Slammin' Salmon, or whatever. Club Dread was just... That's one a lot of people fell for, I think. Yeah, that's (laughs) when the first red flag... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Club Dread flag. That you realize, oh, these guys have no talent. There's bigger things that we need to do. I I watched Monty Python's Meaning of Life, but I mean... Oh. Whatever. Should we make some Monty Python references? Well, there's no No. way to get from Monty Python to Infinity War. No. I watched Holy Grail. They were on a quest... Okay, wait, wait, wait. The meaning of life? No, something uh, like about wait.
3: stars and the Lord of Brian.
1: Every sperm is sacred. <laughs> Plague, Tony. He invades planets. He takes what he wants. He wipes out half the population. He said, Loki. The attack on New York. That's him. This is it.
3: What's our timeline? No
1: telling. He has the power in space stones. That already makes him the strongest creature in the whole universe. If he gets his hands on all six stones, Tony, he could destroy life on a scale hitherto undreamt of. Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? You're
4: seriously leaning on the cauldron of the cosmos.
1: So that was a clip from Avengers Infinity War. The Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. Okay. Avengers Infinity War is directed by... Joe and Anthony Rousseau, and it stars Josh Brolin, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Benedict Cumberbatch, Don Cheadle, Tom Holland, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Anthony (laughs) Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Dave Batista, Zoe (laughs) Saldana, yeah, Chris Pratt. The one Chris that everyone forgets. There's I mean, Men's,
3: There's men's Health called. Journal a of, uh, <laughs> cover model. There's a ton Chris of articles
1: Pratt. about how the casting and how complicated the billing is oh, for sure, in yeah. these films. And it's an amazingly intricate process of what order these people are, are listed in and stuff. I just love that this is and Chris Pratt. Isn't that strange? Yeah,
4: he's the and. That's like kind of just saying, like, you know, motherfucker, I'm Who, the star of the Guardians. You're going to put me fifth? After Hemsworth, like, not a chance. Put me at the end. too
1: many Chris's in a row, probably. (laughs) Maybe that was exactly it, yeah. So after 10 years and 187 films. (laughs) 86, I think. No, no, this would be 87, you're right. We have arrived to the Infinity War, and Thanos, his glove is on the verge of being complete. He's assembled the rhinestones. Yeah, this is his Michael Jackson glove. That's fair, that checks out. Has the last 10 years been worth it, guys? Is the Infinity War satisfying? And and a better question, perhaps, would you be able to watch Avengers 1, 2, and 3 as a singular trilogy, and would those three movies work just on their own without all this extra stuff? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. No.
3: I believe you would have to watch some supplementary material. Yes.
1: You'd have to watch some stingers and, and whatnot, wouldn't you? Yeah,
3: stingers are required <laughs> ma- viewing material in the MCU. Okay. Certainly. Perfect. Red, what did you think of Infinity War? I really liked it. Really? Yeah. It's two hours and 40 minutes. 30. At one point, I did say, man, this is long. But at no point did I say, like, this feels longer. I wish it would, would hurry up. Um, It was... Written really well, like the pacing was perfect. The characters, I mean, we didn't have time to develop them very much, but we've <laughs> seen them develop over 10 years in all these other movies. So I thought it was really well uh, woven together and everybody got enough time for the story to be told well, the way it needed to be. Um, the effects and everything looked spectacular. It was incredible. Um, I-, I had a great time. Uh, the theater was packed. I wish the kid behind me would have shut up, uh, but besides that, it was awesome. Hmm. Okay. I don't want to give spoilers. No, we're we're not going to. So I can't say much no. because this movie begins with things it, that I, I can't it, talk it, it, uh, about.
2: Yeah. Mike, I I dug this movie too. Like it's it's so dense. Holy shit! Is there like there is no time wasted in this film whatsoever, and it's still two hours, two and a half hours long. And you need like every bit of that. Um, you can maybe trim a couple minutes here and there, but holy fuck. Um, what I love about this is I... the, everything is built to this. I often say I like to judge a film on its own merits, like without peripherals. In this case, you, you have to watch, if you want to know at least sort of what's happening, you
1: have to watch... A decent amount of the lead up to this, and it's almost it's it's hard to even tell someone what to watch. You're almost you're almost at a point where you say, "I don't know what you need to watch, but just watch a bunch of it." Yeah, there's like 17 movies you well, need to watch. Like the
2: Infinity Stones have shown up, all but the Soul Stone have shown up in every single one of these
1: movies over the course of and this they're, time. They're sort of scattered about the whole universe. So well, they
3: they were even showing up before we knew what they were, too, right?
1: As the Tesseract. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So. You have to watch at least—I would say—at least the ones that have the Infinity Stones in them. You could probably get away with skipping some of the other ones that don't have that.
3: Um, Just YouTubing you, all the stingers. Well, I mean,
2: if you if you skip Civil War, you might not know why the team's divided. But and so to continue with my point, normally I say you have to judge a film on its own merits. This is a special case. Like this is something yeah. that hasn't really been done in film before. Like this is what they had set out to do from the start. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a pass on that. Just say you, it's up to the viewer to at least have seen some of this shit to know what's going on. And it's, it's like great. the finale. Yeah, it's the, yeah. P- that's the whole point. Almost. Exactly. This is what the last 10 years has been about. And I loved watching a movie where all of our favorite superheroes were actually the bad guy. Cause this is Thanos. This is the Thanos movie. And he is, he's the hero of his own story. And they do that so well. He's, they have done this epic villain Justice in my opinion, and that 's what makes this movie so effective is it's a sympathetic bad guy. I actually like sort of agree with what he's saying in a lot of this too uh it's just i i'm not evil enough to enact like this horrific genocide that he's trying to deliver upon the universe because his his motives uh are good really like it's about calling the herd to make the universe survive
1: but Tim, I, I, we can get into this later but i i thought none of that was conveyed i, I didn't i don't I, know I, I, thought, I thought there was a lot of problems
2: there i don't know i thought his character arc was like this he was the only one that had one in this film for the most part yeah and, uh, cause i wanted more back because it's his film and and i'll throw i'll throw some yeah. some more information out when we get into spoilers but you know that's that's that i loved it it's awesome yeah, it really is. Dan.
4: Killmonger was right. I I just want to say that, just for the people just so we all think about that. Just to remind your daily reminder that Killmonger was well, onto yeah, something.
2: How Black Panther was actually the villain in his own movie.
4: They're kinda
1: that? onto something with their villains now, uh, right?
4: Yeah, and, and as a result, I I loved Infinity War. I really did. This one, when it uh got close to its ending, I was I was surprised. I was like, Oh my god, I I feel like there there could and should be another hour left in this film. And I want that, you know, uh, I really liked it. And yeah, I totally get that there is um, all of these movies are just kind of like, when you're talking like, Oh, is it Avengers one, two, and three? Do they make a good series? And I, I, I don't think so. No, but this one is kind of like a sequel to, or follow up to, you know, you could call this civil war too. You could call it black Panther 0. 0.5, you know? Well, maybe that's, that's a stretch, but it feels like it's a, a follow up to, almost like everybody all at once outside of just these the Avengers arcs that they tried to start with the, the first two movies. Um it's so entertaining though. Like when does it let up?
1: No, it it never no, does. It never, does. It, it 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 never doesn't, does. it doesn't have any time to develop characters because that's what all the other eighteen movies were that's, for. That's
4: true. But you you know, I also try to think of it um you, my my dad, for example, really likes uh, The Guardians of the Galaxy one and two never seen any of the other marvel movies so i try to think of like okay if i were to try to get to him to watch this and be like yo it's kind of like guardians of the galaxy 3 one you're still hopeless it's still a a fool's task but the characters are are not we don't get introductions to them here but when they are introduced to the audience when they're shown up on screen um they feel so well drawn and well scripted from their own series and you just get it you get who tony if you can't get who tony stark is then you just got like you know a a, a, a sociological problem or something because it's like it's obvious who he is it's obvious who all these guys are you know you don't really need to know their backstories in order to kind of get it at a glance but at the same time that's again a fool's errand you're missing out on all the the gold so don't even bother but it's really really great and uh, I do like uh, that it's. it's a, <laughs> I, I think people are overlooking the fact that it's a really a self-contained story too. The the conflict of the film is resolved by the end. You get this movie. Yeah, it's just that, like all these other films, it's less of its own thing and more of just a chapter in a book that we don't know, however the how long it is.
1: Like just being about the gems, basically, and this yeah. checklist. of Thanos's quest. Yeah, he's on an RPG quest yeah. to gather all of the crystals. Yeah, and he gets a cool new spell every time. Like it, <laughs> uh, this is like Thanos on an RPG, basically. He's playing Skyrim. <laughs> he gets yeah. a different like Fursroja. He's, he's like super jacked about his new gauntlet that he found. Yeah, I I, I thought that this movie was amazing. It's ridiculous. It's it's it has all the problems that Marvel movies have. It's it's still a Marvel movie. I think it's the best Avengers movie. Ooh, interesting. Mm, better yeah, than that's Civil War? Praise. Well, uh, that's not an oh. Avengers movie. Good one. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Avengers the type I, of the I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. No, I think it's better than the first Avengers movie and I think it's better than Age of Ultron clearly because it's that's that's a that's dog a, shit uh, film. Yeah, that was a little bar to pass but the first wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um the, yeah, the the movie's a miracle that it doesn't collapse under its own weight, that it's not just a complete clusterfuck. I I don't know how they've really managed to build up to all this and if if you've just been a casual fan and seen all of these movies, then you still have full knowledge to 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 understand pretty much every beat and every character moment and... When some '80s rock music comes on, and we cut to a shot of space. outer space, yeah, <laughs> you know the color scheme. You know, you're like, oh, we know, oh, it, we know who exactly this is. what's going to, yeah. yeah. So we're we're conditioned perfectly, and to to match these tones, not always in the best way, but um, but always in in an entertaining way. Isn't, um, isn't that part of the the fun
4: of the film? Well, for me, it certainly was. Is how there are these characters that are interacting with each other that we've never seen interact with each other before. So in that sense it's as fresh to us as it is to a new audience. Yeah, well, yeah
1: that's like a that's, that's a- the beauty <laughs> of, of Avengers movies is again you've had all the character development in these solo films to to build characters up and yeah. to just that familiarity is immediately at the audience's fingertips or whatever. And then we get all of these amazing matchups uh of personalities all in one team-up movie we saw it in the first one with all of these cool battles with like you have thor versus the hulk or whatever and right. captain america versus thor and yeah this one was the ultimate version of that like Except, they're having menage a and all sorts of cool positions and, i kept really
3: wondering though what it would be like if we had access to things like the x-men for example oh yes, yes. imagine how much better I, what, it would be
1: what i kept wondering about was uh, i don't know i think the films would have stained it anyway <laughs> i mean should we get into spoilers probably may as well we have to we have to okay this whole film is a i spoiler. can't tell you anything about what i
3: think about this movie
1: Rosebud. the hulk is inside of the hulk buster armor is that a spoiler like that we don't see the Hulk for anything after that wasn't in the trailer was it that it was the, banner inside no, of that. it Hulk wasn't in the trailer have, no, so he, what I want to know is what happens if the Hulk turns into what if Banner turns into the Hulk inside of the suit does it does it explode probably? Yeah, he would probably just probably it would explode. just like smash off him right or would he just be like super ultra Hulk he, just, would he just grows the, with him? even Hulkier he
2: Hulk. would just be Hulk in armor that's fused to his body that's <laughs> what I'm feeling yeah that would be so cool yeah
4: but uh, kind of further to that, when you're talking about like the, the Thor versus Hulk and all these matchups, uh, the, we get some more of that fun Civil War action of, of like the toys just fucking battling <laughs> yeah. each other in the sandbox with uh, Iron Man versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah.
1: Well, that, and Spider-Man
4: versus them. When, empty, when and they're Doctor strange,
1: yeah. when they're sort of uh, they, when they fight meet each other, they don't understand uh, that they're yeah. on the same side and fighting panels. Yeah. 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 That's a good little scene, right? Yeah. It's kind of nice. That it kind of scratches that that itch of like, yeah,
4: let's see, let's see some people with personalities fight each other. What would that be like? How well, would Tony
3: I Stark like when uh, Thor showed up with them too, right? Like referring to he had his name for all of them or whatever. Rabbit.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Tree. Rabbit and tree. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Um, Rabbit all throughout. One, one spoiler that I think is kind of weak that doesn't work is the fact that Iron Man is now just like a nano suit.
3: Yeah. Well, whatever.
1: That's is that, yeah, is,
3: technolo- is that. His technology is getting better and better. How did he okay, get this suit okay. on? And... He he pulled the two h- like. H- his really oh, cool. Oh, he pulled on his hoodie. His ArcTeryx right? jacket. He, yeah. He, he yanks on the two uh, toggles on his hoodie, and then it's like. It
2: <laughs> right. I
3: remember now. And as he's walking, he. But that doesn't start the suit. Spider-Man too. Pull- yeah.
2: Pulling on those two things actually just sucks his clothes to his body, so that it's his like skin tight suit, and then. Oh. And then he hits the. Triangle on his chest. So oh, and
1: yeah, he double tapped his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: With two fingers.
1: Yeah. That's how you do it. You press A twice. Yeah. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> but
4: that's that iron spider suit is, is kind of the same thing it's just it's kind of like cool. it's kind of sad when you just know that on set they're just wearing their uh, like we were talking about like the gray, the gray jumpsuits kid, yeah. with a bunch of like triangles yeah, and dots, circles and numbers these styrofoam all over. Dots on yeah, them. Yeah. yeah instead of like wearing an awesome like spider-man suit because they're like they're
3: trust bro- me it's gonna look really cool mr holland yeah. It's going to be shiny metal. It's going to have the spider logo. He's like, you'll yeah, have okay. four other arms. <laughs> and, it, and then he's we'll, like, yeah, we'll, well add your muscles it. in post. We promise.
1: <laughs> Truly, though, the 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 main spoiler is is 30 seconds into the film when Loki gets his neck crushed and he, Heimd, Heimdall gets stabbed. And uh, we have within the first few minutes, a couple of major characters the, are dead. And, and the entire Asgardian population is now half completely decimated or whatever half it, it, yeah. it looks like they're gone but i mean there's it, i guess it's also kind of
4: a spoiler that we don't see valkyrie. uh my the, the love of my life valkyrie god, Tessa Thompson. Character. oh uh. my god um but it, we don't see her interestingly but we do see heimdall we see idris elba like i think if you listen closely when when the character dies he goes thank god i'm free like you can tell he just freaking hates being in these movies so they get they get him out of there real quick all the Heimdall. He's the done, kids, right? All the kids dressed up as Heimdall, in, in the audience were just heartbroken.
3: Yeah, just, yeah, there was a lot of them in my just screening. A, like, there half was of like, it was like, like, what? Maybe but, like seventy percent of the audience. But at least
4: with, <laughs> yeah, at least when, all Heimdall. When, yeah. When uh, when Thanos kills uh, Loki, I did appreciate that he said like, no, "What no
1: resurrections this time." That's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah and because, then Thor God. jokes about it too. Yeah. He's done it before. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: But I, I hope, please, please, Marvel. I,
2: I think they have to. They know. They're like, okay, no, we actually have to leave him <clears throat> dead this No, he's time, done. Right? He's done, right? Yeah. Tom
1: Hiddleston. I think,
2: I didn't, he, yeah. he's like, I'm
1: done. Uh, but yeah. but there's a, there's a question I wanted to ask you guys. We can back up for a second. Before uh, we get into the nitty gritty of the plot here, I thought about The Last Jedi a lot while I was watching Infinity War. In and, what way? And... and I don't know if this is fair, and I like The Last Jedi, and in some ways, The Last Jedi is better than Infinity War, but then in some ways, Infinity War is better than The Last Jedi. However, this film is the culmination of 10 years of a singular architect. I think Kevin Feige had this main vision as this cinematic universe. We're all going to lead up to this Infinity Gauntlet. Can't do this, Kev. This is crazy. The last time I think a Hollywood project was undertaken that felt like it was unattainable was the Lord of the Rings series. Um, this is even way crazier and bigger than that.
4: But even think about like its infancy, though, with, with that one in Iron Man and a few months later with the Incredible Hulk, where they knew they could... But they're making basically two superhero movies. They when took Iron very Man, small baby steps, right? But then when Iron Man hit it off, then they're like, oh, we got to tie in the ending Let's of Let's slowly of work this. Yeah, but...
2: With Tony Stark showing up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but in, in Star Wars The Last Jedi, a lot of people have criticized it for being sort of disassociated with whatever J.J. J. Abrams' vision was for the Star Wars trilogy they're making now. So things got set up in The Force Awakens that seemed to be derailed in the last Jedi. And it feels like these are works of separate directors in the same way that the Marvel movies are, but they seem how like Marvel movies have, have, they seem to somehow come to fruition onto an, um, on a perfect singular vision. And whereas I think that star Wars doesn't feel like it has this has an architect. It's a little more, um, well, which is weird because is Luce it like, and Catherine Kennedy or Kathleen? Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen, yeah.
4: But she's like you know an, an executive producer, versus when you look at the Marvel films, like Kevin Feige, or how you say his name? Is the producer? I say, like say Feige. Is that it? Yeah, Feige. Feige. Yeah. That's how we say it in the old country. It's like beige. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's where like the the power and in the rare rare instance of being able to see like uh, the art of creative producing. Is there? They're they're not directors' films. They're not. They're not writers' films. You know what I mean.
1: And I, I guess I, I w- it would be interesting if the new Star Wars trilogy was a was a little more tightly controlled. Well, there was in, just this, no, in the way that yeah. this is. And, and imagine if if Star Wars attempted something like this, where we're we're have this giant ten year plan where we're going to yeah. build to this massive film. Uh, I, I thought that's what the spinoff movies were kind of gonna do but they, they seem to be dead ends in a lot of yeah. ways um, but I mean that that's just something that occurred to me and, and the interesting thing was when I came out of The Last Jedi I felt I don't really want to see any more Star Wars movies really did you feel like you wanted to see more because it felt like almost no, the I end, felt like it was done this this is the yeah. end of Star Wars like hey there's there's little Jedi boys and girls out in the universe yeah, sweeping up cow shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it honestly did feel done and we're done but at the end of infinity war all i want is more, more avengers movies yeah and more mcu and and th- well they gave us a stinger for god's sake well, yeah we they can, can't we pretend can that, that. that it's finished no i know and the star wars movies have not had any stingers have they but i, I don't think
4: I, no but i think that's because to um you know they were kind of they made the the decision whether it's a mistake or not is, is your judgment but of not carrying over those key creatives from film to film there's no director overlap no writer overlap uh there's probably some but i certainly know that uh ryan johnson brought in like his producer that he's worked with there's probably some producer overlap the executive producers are there yeah trying to make sure that they they get the 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 shiny finished product to make make them money honey but they are treated; they were being treated as like individual, and I think now we're going to see a change with the, with the Star Wars. They're going to be like, okay, yeah, JJ finishes up, but
3: that's Ryan, why Ryan has control gonna, of the. It's, it's so control. crazy to think about, like the the risk that that is from the studio is actually like gone way down because they've proven that these these guys have proven they can do it. But think about the reward, like think about getting the contract. They're like, all right, you're going to do like the next nine Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Here here you go. Like a billion dollars. Yeah.
1: But and like, then you then you have the chance to build this larger universe but, and that's kind of what I I want Star Wars to do. And and that's a testament to how well Marvel has done it here. No one people who never would dream of picking up a comic book ever or will ever p- p- pick up one are are massive MCU fans. I mean mm-hmm. they've they've turned everybody into superhero die-hard comic book and superhero fans and they've done it like to to a point where people are are obsessed and know every single detail about these characters over these 19 films um yeah i i I, it's exactly what the comics always were and it's it's the perfect movie translation of that that spider web universe right
4: and that's because again if if star Wars if with one of the new trilogies or the new Ryan Johnson trilogy wants to be like that. They need a producer like Kevin Fahey or f- fuck.
1: I'm just going to bother Kevin me. Kevin Feige. Feige, Feige, Feige. Feige. I'm just going to call him
4: Kevin. Kevin. F- oh, oh f- Kev, f- Kevin McAllister. Oh, Kevy. <laughs> so like Kevin is going to be there throughout the entire thing with different writers and different directors. And he's the guy who's just like really like dialed in at a ground base level and you need somebody like that. And I think Ryan Johnson is more of a writer and a director than he is a producer. So that's where the, the problems might come in. Cause then you got to like, look at a bigger picture and be like, okay, how do we tie this together? And make yeah, it yeah, so yeah. uniform, but, but
1: infinity anyway, war, infinity war feels like the reason why Edgar Wright got fired. Right? Like, Oh, he couldn't you, fit into this. You can't, yeah, you can't th- you're not no. a part of this. No, well, no, no, I, exactly. I, where yeah. even like Ant Man? Where's he? That's one thing that pissed me off. Someone should have like. I needed to be emotionally prepared not to see Ant Man.
4: <laughs> I wanted to see at least Hawkeye's face. goddammit. it! I who he, gives I a love fuck him. about Hawkeye? Fuck
1: everyone, dude, everyone gives a fuck about Hawkeye. Can get the fuck out of here. You know? All right, all right. All right it's done. Okay. <laughs>
4: why? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna just like storm well, because up because he gives is a fuck because I really love
1: Hawkeye. Why is anyone giving a shit about he's Hawkeye? He's got a hurt, man. Because he, hurt. he's got the no look. He's Death with a shot, Yeah. Like, Go back to a Resident Evil movie, you loser. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Jeremy Renner burn.
1: But Jeremy Renner's a good actor. He's an amazing he's a, actor. He's, a, he's, actor. he's, he's not, a good actor.
4: I'm not. And that's probably why I like it. I, I, anyway, anyway, we won't get into that. But at the point being. Being that he's one of the original Avengers, like the fuck is where the fuck is he? He's we on house arrest.
1: That. We talk. Yeah. They talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both okay. on house arrest. So we we lose Loki in the opening fucking ten minutes, and yeah, Idris Elba's gone. The, the first actually, after I think we think the see, first guy to go is a black guy. Yeah. I I really yeah. think Idris yeah. Elba the first dies first. We to see dies, the well. Hulk
3: get his ass kicked, like which doesn't make any sense. Thanos lands punches on the Hulk, which are just they just hurt him. You can't just hurt the Hulk. You yeah. make him angry and he gets stronger and then he hurts you. Do you guys that's think that's how Hulk works? Mark
1: Ruffalo kind of sucks, right? In this, like, he's kind of a bad actor, kind of like in general. When when he,
4: he, he's the complete, like, supposed comedic relief and he's just not very good. It's, at his
1: it. name is Thanos, he destroys planets. We got to stop him, Tony. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, and Wanda's accent has disappeared. Thank right? God! Just yeah, just she just it out of there. she just stopped trying. Yeah, well, Scarlet, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch. She's just I am no longer Russian. I'm just what the Sokovian? No, no. Sokovian. Now she's you know she's
2: acclimatized to the rest of the world. I guess. Yeah, so. it's she's one, one of those it.
3: accents that just like when you learn, when you get really comfortable with English, the accent just sort of goes away really quick. You heard of those, right? She just
1: hangs out with yeah, Sokovian Vision. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so proper. They're just that learning. She can't the Sc- help. They're just learning the Scottish dialect, I guess. She just got Vision to cure her accent. <laughs> but I love the opening, guys. The, the, the intro in New York. I felt like I was in some War of the Worlds kind of shit, where they're they're rushing outside and there's something happening, and we don't really see. Oh, yeah. Sort of what it is, and there's just that shot really pandemonium, well. Pandemonium, yeah. Pandemonium and people running and and papers and and debris Car flying crashes, through the air and and yeah helicopters. and it it is kind of terrifying that opening sequenced in sort of this invasion disaster movie alien kind of way but isn't isn't it so great that you have all this and it's going and
4: it's like so freaky but you still get the moment to like not have them be like superheroes but just be kindly like oh my god are you okay picking the person up yeah. like this guy just crashed like hey guys let's get him out of the car and then
1: the weird uh frog face guy beams down yeah what's is is his, his name Ebony Squidward. Well, squidward <laughs> squidward he's amazing Cause he just starts tearing cars in half and shit yeah. like that. Uh, is your
3: powers are inconsequential compared to mine?
1: Ebony Ma? Is that the character's Ma, name? Ma, I think. One yeah. One of the guy's name is Ma. I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure that's him. Yeah. yeah. They, those guys are cool. Uh, and I love this whole opening sequence. Battle thing. Were they minions of Thanos or something? How did yeah. Doctor Strange get captured though? Because the last thing I remember, he was like strapped to a big block of asphalt, and then he's flying through the air, but he slipped out. Oh, or was, he, it just, was it just the cape that the flew cape, out? The cape slipped him
3: out, but like he as the cape the rebar was or whatever whipping him away, they they still got him. I didn't yeah. see that. He fell out of the cape. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like it's like it just popped off like a quark, like.
3: And Cape
4: went one way and then Strange went the other.
1: Uh but one problem I have here is that it's really hard to keep track of these goddamn stones. It's better to keep track of the color of these stones, not the name. They should have just Oh yeah, you just think about like what, what do you feel when what you what color, color they are and what, was what the, power he what gets. What was the color of the MacGuffin? in the Marvel movie that you can remember, like it was the, were they chasing after a blue, was it a blue thing? Was it a blue blue crystal? Okay. That was the Tesseract. Okay. Got it. Okay. Was it a purple crystal? Okay. That was guardians of the galaxy. Got it. Power gem. That was one. Okay. Got it. Like that. I think they did a nice job of sort of just spinning the little gems in the air for five seconds. But I think maybe we should have had like a little counter at the side of the screen. (laughs) Like
3: a pop-up video.
1: Like a little video game, uh, you know, Thanos has captured this. Yeah. Because he gets, what, one or two of them off screen? Yeah. So he already has a
4: couple
2: of them, right? Well, yes, two, actually. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. And I I do like how, you know, his his power builds as he goes. He gets the Guardians of the Galaxy one off screen. Yeah. He
2: He, gets reality and power. He
4: kills John C. Riley basically, off screen. And Glenn Close, we can assume, too. And uh, Del Toro. Yeah,
1: we don't yeah. see him die. He's assumed to just be dead.
4: Yeah. Maybe he took the form of, like, Tobias Fumke. Fuck. Do you know that? I yes. had to look that up afterwards. Yeah,
1: totally. One yeah. thing I did not enjoy, though, was Thanos' backstory, which you said was was compelling. I don't think we ever are shown a convincing reason why he sees that the universe is, like, overpopulated or that there's a lack of resources. Look, like that that may be true, but his, we are his, never shown that. Yeah, his what's home his pla- backstory? His
2: home planet. They fight on his own planet, where he told them
1: they were on a course for destruction, and this is what happened. So they have just like a little, like a like a Michael Bay sim, where he, like there's a little like a little split screen that that goes across. So like this is how shitty it was, and this is how good it is he now. Uses we're, the reality yeah. stone, and, and, and it's he
3: like, uh, it's. They mention at one point that the planet is eight degrees off its axis, and so it's magnetic fields are all or it's gravitational yeah. fields are all fucked up that's not science that's really <laughs> well, not man. science but
2: well, I, I, neither is the infinity stone <laughs> yeah what but, are you on yeah what I mean, are you on about
1: i'm these are I, infinity stones man. okay all right right I'll, I'll shut up it's it's pseudoscience man but thanos to me um he's painted as this sympathetic character especially when he's tossing gamora into the gorge As something that he must do. I need to get the Soul Stone, and this is the only way. He has a singular purpose. The only person I love is you. Isn't it so heartbreaking that you need to throw someone you love into this thing? But Thanos wouldn't love anybody. Oh, my God, he actually loves Gamora. Oh, shit, but that means he has to kill her. Fuck. This whole scene is painted as really heart-wrenching and emotional, and I feel like it could be if Thanos had any believable motivation that we are shown like like i can't be told about this shit i need to be shown a reason for him to be motivated to cut the universe in half if he's if he witnessed some sort of atrocity that this mindset would support then i can go with the character on this emotional journey but i never get any of his backstory in terms of well yeah but i guess titan wasn't enough for you because he talks about He had
2: enacted the plan to do that, and they said no because it was too like no one had the will to do it, and then destruction came. So he couldn't save his planet then because he didn't have the will to act. Like
4: like, I understand that, like in terms of his reasoning and how like he if he lived through that, like it would probably like fuck you up seeing like every one of your like peoples die. But um, that's not really like I just didn't get any feeling out of that. I was like, okay, I guess that's why it's kind of just like. That was his, you know, his cause of the week. He's like, "All right, fuck it." Now I'm into genocide.
1: Yeah, you know? is that evidence of an unbalanced universe? I, th- not really. You no, know, even if you like,
4: if it is, if you write it out, and it's like, okay, I guess that's why. You just don't feel it, not at all.
2: But it doesn't have to be a logical reason. Like, does, well, why? Why are you looking for a logical it, reason it, why it, he wants it, to do this? It
1: does. If if Thanos is, as we've agreed, the our, the protagonist of our film. And
2: right, him. but in his mind, it makes perfect sense. So why it doesn't need to make sense to us, does it? Like, he has his own motivation because he saw his planet die, and this is obviously a crazy motivation. Like, no sane
3: person would do this.
2: But he is so convinced... Then even- is
3: everyone from his planet, like, jacked up, like, <laughs> powerful <laughs> as Hot all? Hot dog chains.
2: But, but we
4: did, if we would have got something like, you know, uh, is it in Force Awakens or... Or last Jedi, but when when Luke, I guess last Jedi, when Luke is watching the Jedi Temple burn, like show me a moment of that. We Uh, get like these other like flashbacks, but seeing like the kind of panorama, like the you know the the science center presentation of over here we see the titans in this stage yeah. and then they I was like okay I know that he, it makes it with him but you could sell you could sell me that same information in a powerful way you know yeah in a fair. way that would stick emotionally with me you got the time and the fucking money you can't tell me yeah. you can't well, afford well, some got- VFX for one more flashback sequence like come on
1: I need I don't want maybe do we see baby baby Thanos getting like watching his mother well
2: I'd argue we don't have the time
1: um in this movie, we, we, we,
2: we, we that's not it. a lot of time for anything that, that might actually exist. I would watch that in a director's cut,
4: yeah. I would seriously watch that. I would watch a three hour film,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, more Brolin yeah. would be good,
1: yeah, yes. and and because yes. he's he looks amazing, he sells it too. But just in terms of VFX, we were talking about how shitty the some of the effects were in Black Panther during our review of that, and there was only one moment in this where I was. It's actually
3: in that scene that you were just talking about where Gamora and Thanos are Ooh. going back and forth with Red Skull for fuck's sake. Yeah, which is crazy, but there's like Gamora has like this lock of hair that's like on the 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 side of her face away from the camera and it's oh no some sort b- of drifting in between her face Uh-oh. and and blowing and it's just wreaking havoc on the green screen. <laughs> and made somebody's life miserable. Damn. Yeah, some
4: post production,
1: right. yeah. yeah. That's a that's a, a, a hard thing job. to roto. Yeah. That guy
4: is going to be there uh, all weekend.
1: Yeah. But so. I feel like a lot of Thanos's powers were inconsistent as you were kind of alluding to, like sometimes he can really fuck someone up. I feel like he really is pulling his punches in a lot of cases, maybe because he knows he's just going to yeah, snap his fingers. Yeah, he's really smart. He's, he's actually not, really smart. He's, he, at any point he can probably just like just smash but, people and and yeah, just turn the entire all of his surroundings to just radioactive waste if he wants to. So he's he like, does, oh, you're all of a sudden plutonium. Bye.
4: He doesn't just kill everybody at once. He gives them he like he kind of affords like pretty much everybody that he comes into conflict with. Or is he merciful? To- is it
1: just in the in the he's vicinity? Merciful. Like it's some is of it's it- not permanent, right? He turns Drax into a bunch of Lego, and then right. he uh, Mantis like gets s- stripped and, into stri- and Slinky little ribbons, and but then they slowly kind of reform when. Thanos leaves away. He doesn't kill them. Is it like
4: merciful or is it because he's saying, you know what? My is he like so like strict to his dogma where he's like, my goal is to like eliminate half the universe at random with the flick of my fingers. I'm not going to kill you. Half of you are going to die when I get my way. It wouldn't be random. It would be out of like. It's uh, just anger kind of showing how power.
3: Yeah, because it's like you're incapacitated, but you're not dead. Yeah, like, you're all weird and fucked up, and like <laughs> he even does it to his daughter, right? Like Nebula's just suspended there. Oh, she's there, like a all
4: clock s- being, de- like,
1: being deconstructed.
3: Yeah, she looks all fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's cool,
1: <laughs> um, guys. There's a scene in this movie that's maybe 20 minutes, it's maybe 45 minutes. I don't know. I was out of my mind while I was watching this, because it's movies, a giant meatball sub. (laughs) Or as I said on Twitter, it's a pillowcase full of superhero fruit snacks. Just a little one. So it's, it's really loaded. But there's a scene in this movie that I could see a lot of producers wanting to cut. And I thought it was maybe the best scene in the whole movie. And it's when Thor needs to restart a star in order to forge a new axe in this giant dwarf run space. Forge. Foundry.
3: It's where his uh, Mjolnir. It's was, where yeah was created,
1: which you've only heard about. It was forged in the heart of a dying star. Okay, well now let's actually see what that's all about, and we spend this giant action sequence where Thor has to hold this gate open, I and love we're Thor. and we're pouring this metal into this mold, and the fact that Groot gets to make the handle of. That's the, the Stormbreaker. It, it's perfect. It's it's again more collaboration and it's it's wacky it's, and insane and 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 you know the biggest dwarf you ever saw yeah. in your yeah. God goddamn Dinklage. life. His, Peter Dinklage is amazing here. And and, and the implications except his, except his accent, isn't? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, uh, what are you doing, boy? But when we when Thor gets his axe, then we realize, "Oh yeah, this is actually he is probably the most powerful Avenger." So Oh yeah. This thing's actually gonna start to get lit up right
3: now. See, I always thought Vision was the most powerful, but like he's like not fully—he's not capable full vision yet. Yeah. in this movie, so yeah. But I fell more in love with Thor in this movie. Oh yeah, big than time. Any of the other Thor movies ever?
4: Like it, like. Just carrying forward what they started with that character in Ragnarok, but they in terms really of yeah the
1: they really humor, un- the they undo part. a lot of that don't they at least the as all the Asgard stuff that we're supposed to care about in Ragnarok it, yeah, that movie's that the movie's a waste of time, you know yeah, might pretty, as well not disagree
3: see i think I think that like the you walk a a razor and and there's there's one scene where he's talking about how he's lost everything. And at the same time as he is absolutely pathetic and good sad performance. Good it's performance. A- it's hilarious, right? He's he's explaining yeah. how they're good motivations and they keep you focused. And he's tearing up. Yeah. And you're watching this and you absolutely... like if you've seen the movies, you know, like, yeah, everyone has died. And as he's listing them off, yeah, you're is. laughing. And it's it's yeah. confusing. <laughs> but that scene I think shows that it's possible. Yeah. To, to carry emotional weight I mean, and also like, and levity.
1: And your mother. Yeah. And it gets worse and worse as the more questions he yeah, it asks it's, about his life. It's,
3: it's like, silly, but it's sad. But, and it's funny and serious all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It
4: also kind of like is evident of like what the film does so well uh, in terms of like these pairings that we have with these characters who have never really had a chance Raccoon, to track before. But yeah. The 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 rabbit. The rabbit. But it all... It, it, it's, it seems so random, but yet, you know, Teenage Groot has to be there because he has to fulfill the purpose of making the handle. Because if there's no handle, there's no axe and there's no chance of killing Thanos, you know, uh, pu- pushing them off like with, uh, Doctor Strange and, and Tony, especially from a, an audience standpoint where it's like, Oh shit, they're finally actually going to kill Iron Man. But then Doctor Strange is like, no, I have to do this. This is the only way. Well, he has to be the one it has to be tony for the audience so it's like it has weight so you know but that's a huge thing it's not like you know nebula is there and dr strange is like no we must save nebula so the way it just kind of uh sets these up and pays them off too is really kind of kind of nice and especially with uh chris pratt too being there with uh with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Like, they're just very solid personalities that just bounce off together and are very... They work well, but Benedict Cumberbatch and Downey Jr. have some good interplay between yeah. them.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I wanted a beard comment at least once. Like, you guys have the same beard or... Well, yeah. you got see, one
3: from Thor and Captain America, right? Oh, yeah. when comment he runs, he's like, like He's like Thor, guy. and he's like, Steve Rogers, I see yeah. you've adopted my beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: See, right. the, yeah, I agree with you on the Doctor Strange and Iron Man, because they're essentially the same person, yeah. except Doctor Strange has forsaken all of the shit that Tony still deals in. So he sees everything in Tony that he hates about himself, but, and, and it's portrayed so well, because he's so pissed off at him all the time.
3: Yeah, because Strange was an asshole, but now he's not. And I don't think Tony's an asshole, and and but Strange kind of thinks that he is. Yeah. but. I think Strange is one of the best things in this movie, too, like this movie somehow yeah. takes itself seriously and but yet does things with yet like show Benedict Cumberbatch with a really silly mustache doing kung Fu with imaginary <laughs> like golden disc spells. That must
1: the be so things.
2: embarrassing to film, man. I don't know. Have he, you seen his smog video?:
1: Yeah, he when gets he's into on it. the ground. He gets so into it. <laughs> and like yeah. the
3: cape that he wears
1: in this movie is not there. Right. Yeah, no, yes. none of it. I think Elizabeth Olsen is terrible at doing the magic hands. She, oh, She's so she's bad. She's supposed to be like the most powerful mutant. She sucks in general. You know who I really oh. feel bad for, though, is Black Widow, because Scarlett Johansson's great in the role... And she has nothing to do. She's in just this there. there. She's just there. No, she, because, she's, there's she's the no reason. Character, though. No, but there's honestly no reason for her to be involved in this. Yeah, like in but, the world
3: like, of superheroes, you're a super spy. Yeah, she should not have been. You're not even super. You're just a
1: spy. Right. You're yeah. not even involved in this. Like it. So she, she can fight really well, and she takes down. Sure. Like, yeah,
3: she's like as good as um, what's his name with the wings, Falcon. <laughs> Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon. What a stupid Avenger. <laughs>
1: But I feel like there's a lot of bullshit that might have been left on the cutting room floor or maybe not even filmed between Nat and Banner because all they get is just yeah. a hello. Like yeah. some glances. And an awkward what's up. And then that is it. for like. So what What? What was the point of that relationship in all of Age of Ultron that we were supposed to care about? Yeah. Um, one thing that the Marvel Universe has not done well is romance. None of these characters get laid ever. So it no, feels, they're family movies. It feels, but it feels really weird. No one Steve has sex. Rogers uh, kissed Agent 13 in Civil War. Remember I feel that, huh? that sucks.
3: <laughs> and uh, Iron She's Man and what's her up. name are
1: going to get married? Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Pepper. Pepper's getting in. Yeah. Pepper's,
3: what's, what's her name now? Isn't she like a. Pepper Potts. Doesn't she have a power? Uh,
1: yeah, Goop is her power. She's <laughs> like Lava Girl. She yeah <laughs> the, the, She, she, uh, the she stuff. gets powers in Iron her, Man. Her powers yeah. are uh, pyramid scheme products uh, and uh, weird. Naturopathic remedy bullshit. We're talking about Pepper Potts, not Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but yeah, why guys? Why is Red Skull on the top of the summit for the Soul Stone? Because that's where he got beamed to. Michael's been that's dying where, to tell us. This. Well, no, just because that's where he ended up. And as when he touched the test, as
2: me and a bazillion other people probably were thinking when he did when he disappeared, he didn't die. It looked exactly like the Bifrost from Thor when he was warped away. So Never noticed. finally. From day one, when I saw that movie, I'm like, oh, he's, he'll come back eventually. As soon as he revealed his face on the top of that mountain, I was like, yes! They acknowledged that it wasn't a death. But they made um, it all magical, good. right? I've like, actually... his
3: cloak was all, like, cloak uh, cloudy, and yeah. then well, he was saying, like... Destined to show the treasure which I can never f- find. A different myself. actor, too. Right?
4: Why? uh um, Hugo Weaving. I, I've actually never seen Captain America: The First Avenger, but no, it's, it's pretty. But good. I was aware of who it's he was. Good. I was just like, oh, what do you add to to this other than? Being
2: it was, like, it was hey, really go, just. Kids. It was really just a nod to the whole. He I was never meant to have died at the end of Captain America. It looked yeah.
4: really cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, it was a really like. I dug. I was like, oh, this is fucking scary. Is this
2: person death?
3: Yeah.
4: So I was like oh I know who this
3: I'm aware of." but why know. can he never get the
2: treasure well he can't he's there's nothing that he loves that he can sacrifice there's he himself how
1: would he get S- it sacrifice is is exactly where I want to go right now because I feel like a lot of characters are really unwilling to do this in order to save literally trillions of lives uh
3: well, it, that's a, it happens
1: multiple times where people are un, unwilling to sacrifice somebody. Yeah, we can't lose any Avengers. Like, come on, give me it. Like, it would it would have to be. Uh, this is gonna suck, but peace out, buddy. And they're gonna go, yeah, man, peace. Well, it's, you gotta do almost.
3: it. The Guardians of the Galaxy are like down to do it. You but gotta remember that these are all guns.
1: humans.
2: Yeah, like it's hard. Put in that hot sure. seat. It's hard to to do that. Like Tony sacrificed potentially his life and his future by going on that spaceship so there was that
3: Star-Lord did pull the trigger yeah that's what I was saying right but he got a bubble gun yeah and then also she she, Gamora was tried to she tried to off herself but she got the bubble knife
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Was
1: the stone in Bubble that? Life. <laughs> was, the, was the stone inside of that little... No. Nah,
3: no. Was like it was just like a red a... decorative sort yeah. of... The knife. stone
4: was only figuratively inside of her.
1: Well, no, but like that little blade coming yeah, no. out of it, like there's yeah. a little red stone just in a, it. it. It's just a ruby. Well, fuck.
2: Because the soul
1: <laughs> gem is
4: re- yellow. Reality is red. Like I don't when give he give a fuck. When he puts on his little
1: like uh, dioramas, he makes everything yeah. red. Yeah. Um, But... The last ten minutes of this movie are pretty spectacular. I mean, I don't I don't wanna gloss over the whole giant Lord of the Rings battle that happens in the desert, which is amazing, with these giant the fucking saw blades flying out of the ground and I mean the dog six legged creature things are shit. They're terrible.
3: I
2: don't, I don't hate know. Them. See, they look exactly like gene stealers to me, which are Bad guys in Warhammer, so okay. I was like, but shit, this was this was this such a
1: better Wakanda battle that we got in Black Panther. I mean, yeah, I got, this is way better uh, than Black Panther. But those those dumb rhinos in that looked like just shit, and it felt like such a. I mean, obviously, Avengers are always going to be bigger scale than the solo films, but yeah. this was just so much cooler, like battle on the African plains, and this like maybe even Force Awakens kind of shit with weird bubble shields and fucking... The tech was awesome. Oh, man. Bubble shields is not Phantom Menace. But when everything starts to go to shit in the last 10 minutes, it's, it's amazing that the finale of this film takes place all sort of just in a little jungle clearing, right? Like the, the, the main battle happens maybe towards the three-quarter mark, but the whole finale of this film is just happening all in this small clearing, and Thanos is just wrecking shop one See, by one when he's he's finally completed his powers, right? And- I think
3: you're pointing out a plot hole right here because it, they mention in the film, they, they say that Thanos has the largest mi- army in the universe, which means this is not just happening at a field in Wakanda. He's probably unloading all over Earth at the same time. Well, no, there's no reason to do that.
2: Because if he's just gonna, like, he doesn't want to destroy. Oh, yeah, he just wants to kill half of them. Well, no, yeah. he
1: just needs to invade to get. He just needs the stone, vision's head. Yeah, the and then he can just snap his fingers. Once he has that, it's just we're good to go. And that's when I think the movie starts to get. Um, I don't want to say poetic because it's that's giving it too much credit, but it it handles this carefully t- post uh, axe throw. Well, we get there's some great battles, but as soon as the the Infinity Stone gets completed and we snap our fingers, everyone starts turning to dust. Which I guess is really what everyone's talking about in in terms yeah. of Infinity War. What what is the implications of this movie? Well, is, the Avengers lose, right? Like they don't stop the, Thanos. That's it's, it's a it, crazy ending. Yeah, this movie. and 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 it's a very deliberate line of who lives and who dies, or who has been turned to dust and who isn't dust. Well, if you were in the first Avengers movie. That's literally it. Except for Nebula and... Rocket. Rocket and M'Baku and... Okoye. Okoye.
4: Okoye. Uh, Probably... um, We don't know about Shuri. Shuri, yeah. Probably probably. probably Hawkeye. Probably
1: Ant-Man. Yeah. But this is weird, right? So it feels like... War Machine, he's still out there, right? Yeah, War Machine's there. So aside from the OG 2012 Avengers crew... Black Widow's there. Yeah. Everyone else is gone. And so you think that... I'm worried about the people that didn't disappear. So that every, everyone who got turned to dust maybe is okay because this we're in limbo. We're in hell now. And everyone who got the fuck out of here is, they're good because th- you don't want to be... I, th- I think the next movie might be in this alternate version of all of the events we've seen. And that's why some of those set photos I sent you that article where the, the reshoots are happening for Avengers 4. Are recreating Avengers 1 scenes. Yes. With Ant-Man. So... Yeah. And... and, 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 Yeah. Which is just mental. So the whole Chitauri-Loki invasion of New York City thing from the first Avengers movie, we're actually going to be bouncing back to that, like Back to the Future 2 style. Yeah. And we're going to revisit those events again? so
2: that made me rethink something a little bit, but originally I thought that, like, Thanos was more maybe mortally wounded like there was an axe through his torso when he snapped it so he probably didn't have he probably wasn't as clear of what he wanted so i my theory originally was that when he snapped it he just shifted half of the universe to another version of the universe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're not dead they've just not they're not in this universe anymore and so then i was thinking well then we'll just follow that one so that's why i was worried about all of the ones people that are left over because we're not going to follow them anymore. <laughs> like mm. they might not die uh but they might just not be part of the world. But, I mean, I we think
3: be- we're going to get Captain Marvel and we're going to cuz I think they are dead and I think that we're going to go back to the 90s. Cage showing up with the the time pager as you called it which Fury. is great was yeah. uh We're actually going to But he, he's he's sorry he's uh going to page but- Captain Marvel, and from, then we're going to go back to the 90s. From
1: 95, she's, he's going to bring well, her into 2018. Marvel
3: is outside of time as, like, a sort of crazy intertemporal agent. And uh, but, it's going to, like, be like, oh, oh, something's gone horribly awry in the timeline. Uh, what's this? And then we go <laughs> uh, trace it back to the Chaitori invasion. Um, and we're going <laughs> to just pop in here. And this is when previous to uh, Thanos having any of the Infinity Gems, therefore much weaker state, and uh, we will attack him uh, unsuspecting at that uh, juncture, and then and then uh, that's what's going to happen. So in the
2: second, and, and then they'll like uh, the original castle die taking down things. Yeah, then. yeah,
3: yeah.
4: But if that if that's the case, then because then Fury would be um, he gets taken away. So then, therefore, like Fury is in the the quote unquote like still li- living dimension or whatever. Yeah, but then with the pager call to Marvel, Captain Marvel be like <laughs> in the other timeline with like Tony Stark, so like. In Purgatory or See, whatever. See, this is
1: why they have all yeah. year to reshoot stuff. They're going to read all of the tweets and blog well, posts. No, they, have and... A, they have a very clear vision of where they're going with this.
4: Are they just in the quantum realm? Is that why it, they got to get Ant-Man and, and the
1: Wasp involved? Or See, just Ant-Man? I, I like the idea of Ant-Man perhaps being the most powerful Avenger of all because he can actually shrink down to the quantum level and then actually modify reality, like the, the physics of reality. Like this is... Yeah. Like whereas. Doctor Strange sort of Wait a minute. manipulates Back reality. On. Hold on. Ant-Man can Ant-Man. actually change the fabric itself. N- what? No, he can't. Cuz he's cuz he's at the quantum level, so he can actually start like moving like parts of electrons around. Like he can actually like, go inside of Doctor Strange's brain and just start like moving his neurons around and shit like that. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't Do you- know. Do you- okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs>
2: all, all, all I have to say is, this: when I said this movie is dense, it doesn't have a lot of breathing room to take no. anything in. The only time it really lets you sort of absorb what's going on is at the end, because the snap happens, and then we do get a few minutes of this all playing out. It's really, really, really well did, done. Pause.
3: When he snapped, it seemed like... Did the gauntlet... He broke the my gauntlet. My question yeah, is, like, damaged. is it spent? Like, yes. is it I think it's cooked? damaged at yeah. the very he least. He broke
2: the gauntlet. Like... Oh, he used it up? It's been talked about throughout the course of... The, well, in Guardians, how, you know, using these is super hard and powerful. Like, they're so powerful. So the fact that he used all of these to alter reality in such a way
1: just destroyed well, Peter the, Dinklage the made it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they can make another one, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's the possible. The gems are Thor, maybe still there. They'll
1: just get Thor to hold open the...
3: Do you think again. That
4: there's no stakes with that though? Because like when you think about it, and this really still kind of bothers me, like with the people getting dusted. It's like, well, then who who's going to be in Spider Man yeah. Homecoming 2 on July whatever in 2019? You know what I mean? Like,
1: well, that's uh, the problem. You're, you're
4: going to tell me like Black Panther does like 1.33 billion dollars well, and be like, surprise, Black Panther two starring Shuri? Like, you're not there. Great idea, but
1: I'm sure like you're not there yet. Yeah, no. you know well, uh, yeah I mean?
2: Spider Man two is just Miles Morales.
4: But there, um, there are
1: people who are really mad, right? Like, just saw Black Panther. We just got our superhero, and you fucking dusted him. What are you doing? We just got but, him. But that's what, the
4: mystery is not like oh my god will black panther come back the whole thing is like well, how will, how he, come will he come back yeah. Yeah. And is that as compelling that's why as he, will
2: that's know? why i think it should have remained infinity war part one and two as opposed to switching the infinity war up. and infinity gauntlet is not what you think well that's going? what supposedly has been leaked by like yeah. zoe saldana calling it infinity right. gauntlet i don't know but when i was saying like it doesn't give you time to breathe what i like about this is it crams everything in and then you unpack it. Like, when I left the theater, I think I might have actually been in shock. Even though I saw a lot of this coming, I hadn't processed it all. Yeah. And then over the next couple of days, it just unfolded, and I just kept thinking more and more about it. And that's, like, I wasn't—I actually wasn't sure how I felt leaving the theater. But now I know that I really, really like this film. Well, it, th- it's just it was so
1: much. I think it has a lot to do with that final beat in that last 10 yeah. minutes, and how well it's executed, and how we end on that shot of... Thanos looking at the sunrise on He's his. He's accomplished his goal. I did it. And, on and his it's perfectly balanced and what, universe. And what
2: makes this film so good and why this is Thanos' movie is simply what they've done with all other hero movies that have been titled with their names Thanos Will Return. Like that they, they, said. they tell you right then nice. and there this was his movie. Yeah, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah. And it works as his movie because it, it ends on that note. I, I wish I identified more with them, but it's it's. It's such a perfect case of the villain being the hero of their own story, right? And and this is a heroic moment, but for a villain, so... And that's the perspective we're getting. Like, with the final shot of
2: him being victorious... Yeah, it
4: feels like it's so different
2: than all the other
1: Marvel movies. When he snaps,
2: so. the when the
4: snap happens, where does he go when he has the talk with Little Gamora? Is that, like, the ancestral plane from, like, Black Panther and shit? No, or he's like,
2: playing Samurai Showdown. No, that's in the Soulstone, I think. So he it goes, it, it, like, inside of... It looks like, yeah. it looks like Little Gamora, but at yeah. the same time, I was reading a couple b- boards t- discussing the film, uh-huh. as one does, uh, and someone was saying that... Apparently that's pulled from the comics or something like that, and that okay. child is actually
1: Lady Death. Oh no! I thought
3: he was going to see like a Watcher, and they were going to be like, Thanos, you've yeah. been fucking with shit too hard. I thought I
1: thought Gamora was going to be, like, I fucking orchestrated this whole thing. Yeah, if I'm actually. Yeah,
3: like, that would have been good, so guys.
1: What do we? We got to give some scores here. We got to wrap this up. Yeah, we I could have go to ask for that, two hours and forty minutes.
4: I have to ask something about that that the Gamora thing though, because let's face it, like with all the dusting and whatever, we talked about Loki and we we talked about Heimdall. You know, RAP, uh, Sugar G- G- Bell, G- poor Gamora. Yes, but Gamora is like, with the exception of Vision, but gives a fuck about Vision. <laughs> uh, Gamora is like the one death who, if they stick with it would have like some major ramifications, like going into the, the next phase. Like there could be Guardians of the Galaxy part three without her. However, she's going to be busy making Avatar. She's 78. She's like <laughs> such a great character. And it seems like it would be dramatic and great if this had like an actual consequence that was felt, even if yeah. that's the only one where this is the one where there's shockwaves throughout this, the universe, cause there's no more Gamora. However, are they just going to destroy the soul stone? And then Gamora comes back to life, and yay, Peter! Peter happy. I know. I and know. And Guardians Three is just a fucking party. Guardians Three is Ragnarok.
2: I don't know.
1: Guardians Three might actually be the quest to get her back from the Soul Search for is. Spock. Fuck, there it is. Uh, guys, all right. There's got to be some scores here. We've been going for an hour, so. Hmm. This is gonna score highly with Uncle Red.
3: Oh. <clears throat> I'm gonna give it an eight point right. For me. Huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm also there because. It's not the best Marvel movie, like, if we're looking at this objectively. It's it's definitely not. It has its flaws. But goddamn, I love it.
3: It's really fun, really funny, really exciting, scary.
2: But because it doesn't, like, it, it's it's trying to do so goddamn much because it has to. It has so much to lift and get through. I want to watch it again. But it does suffer from that because it doesn't. Like, the, the emotional beats, I found... Didn't always land because you don't have any time to absorb them because it is a race through everything uh, just to keep it within the two and a half hours, except for like the end, as I said, where you actually have a time to process it. So that's why it's an eight and a half and not higher okay. for me. It's just because it doesn't quite give all of those moments enough time to be fully absorbed and let let the movie. Breathe. Even some of the laughs like I'm still yeah. laughing and I'm, I'm missing the next line. Exactly. Yeah, because it's so fast. They don't give you that opportunity. All the others have time to let you laugh.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are you giving this, Dan? Is that the... Infin- the, the, the um, These the are the stones. Affinity. Yeah, can I see the stones?
2: <laughs> you, you want to see the stone I give, I give, I give this a power out of... <laughs> see.
4: Power stones. You know how I, I love my grades? Good eight, eight and a half. You know, eight and a half soul stones because I did kind of feel it even though I knew that I was bringing a lot of that with me. And it's a lot of it is manipulation because when Spider-Man dies... That's like if I had any like shred of belief that they might actually kill him, I might have cried
2: during that moment.
1: Well, people, I think, really bought into this. If they yeah. don't follow how
2: there were a comics lot of work, there were a yeah. lot of people in the theater who were just like the average moviegoer who doesn't know anything about these stories. Yeah, that yeah. did like they yeah. they got really emotional over this. Exactly.
1: Like, I'm giving this a eight, seven and a half. I would go eight point seven five in total. Okay. You're going
4: seven and a
1: half. All right. Uh, that's our show. Thank you for tuning in, Dan. Thank you hey, for joining thank you.
4: us. Sorry, I, like, we could have done like uh, Infinity War Parts 1 and 2. Well, I think, the, yeah. You might have to come back. There's for the a lot one. of Th- questions for this. Yeah, this could be a double episode. Um, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, on Twitter at, at Dan Nichols. That's Nichols with two L's.
1: Okay. Hello, Red. Are you joining us? Or Yeah,
3: I'm here. I'm also on the internet. Uh, you <laughs> could go on Twitter if you wanted to talk to me uh, and you could tweet to me at Jared underscore Sargent. Or if you wanted to look at like, my teaching stuff, it's there.
2: Michael Arlin. Michael Arlin to Twitter. Uh, yeah, don't find me. I'll find you.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: I am at Scott Wilson, BC. Follow the show at Vertical Viewing. Email us, verticalviewing at gmail.com, as usual. Uh, the Patreon page is open for business. We want your suggestions because that's how that works, right? You suggest a film, we have to review it. And we're happy to do that. It's a give and take. Is Historically,
2: about. we've had a lot of great suggestions. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, you give
3: Dune. us cool homework.
1: Dune, The Big Lebowski. Snowpiercer's dog shit, though. No, it's good. It's, it's good. a good movie. Snowpiercer's dog shit. Hong Jun Ho. Oh. Superman Returns. Oh. Uh, are, are there any final thoughts? Come Captain America guys. eating oh. babies.
4: Come on. Captain America eats a baby with oh. a beard.